Hello, and welcome to Seroptimus International Voices, where we give a global voice to women and girls. SI Voices is a space where women's stories and issues are heard as we celebrate 100 years of our remarkable organization. We will reveal and rediscover the history of our global movement while educating and informing on many of the key challenges affecting women and girls today. Hello, I'm Kathi Kaff, a Soroptimist from Bonn in Germany. Today, I have the pleasure to talk with Anna Czelanczynska from the Polish city of Krakow. Hello, Anna. Hello, Kathi. Thank you very much for inviting me to the podcast. Anna is the president of the Federation of Soroptimists International of Europe, with more than 60 countries in Europe, in the Middle East and the Caribbean, and with more than 30,000 women. I first met Anna Czelaczynska in 2014 at the Leadership Academy of Polish and German Soroptimists in the historic estate of Kaisal, Poland. After our fruitful Soroptimist meeting, Anna gave me a lift to the airport of Wroclaw in her car, and we had an interesting talk on our Soroptimist movement and our two countries. Do you remember, Anna, that I told you how much I appreciated the great Polish hospitality? Do you remember, Anna, how you later confessed that you had not been sure of the right way to the airport? In the meantime, only six years later, Anna has become the first SI president of Europe from a former communist country behind the Iron Curtain and one of my successors in the Office of Federation President. Tell us, Anna, how you came to be involved with Soroptimist International. Oh, it was very simple. A colleague of mine invited me to a meeting of the Krakow Club. And it was in 1998 when Poland and Krakow were moving forward very fast. The change from communism into market economy provided wonderful opportunities to learn and do new things. And it brought fascinating challenges giving immediate results. But unfortunately, not all of the people were able to face uh, this challenge successfully. Some needed help. So when a colleague of mine had taken me to this Rocktimus meeting, it was obvious that I immediately decided to join the first Krakow Club and thus Rocktimus International of Europe to change the world, no less, no more. The world was changing overnight then, so why not for the better? Thank you so much, President Anna. What made you interested in gender issues? Had you been involved in women's rights before you met Sir Optimist? No, I didn't realize there were gender issues. In communism, most of women worked. Uh, there were professions completely feminized, like uh, doctors, nurses, judges, notaries, teachers, administrative workers. My elder sister was an active engineer, like my father and my brothers. I myself was a freelancer, although it was not well seen um, under communism, but in some cases it was possible. So actually I haven't seen any issues. When attending the Soroptimist Conference in Great Britain last October, I found out that the keynote speaker was a female judge in the Supreme Court in the UK. She was very proud that more and more women are reaching high positions in the judiciary system. 
And at that moment, I've compared numbers for Poland and the UK, and it turned out that in Poland, there are about 50% more women in legal profession than in the UK. But getting back to our story, the then Poland was a country of constant shortages, but women had professions, they worked, had their own bank accounts, were going to restaurants on their own, were traveling within the country because outside there were restrictions. There were several political restrictions on people in general, but not on women specifically. Under communism, many women were dreaming of staying at home and not working, but it was rather unrealistic for economic reasons. What are the greatest barriers to gender equality in Poland right now? I remember you participating in a recent demonstration against the Polish authorities over the ruling reproductive rights. Strikes in Poland were um, about women's reproductive rights and being subject, not object, to uh, right to law. In other words, women's rights. But women's rights are human rights. We have to fight for them. It is so shocking and disappointed for me that women's reproductive rights in Poland are being limited to null. In 30 years, we've come covered a span of, of a distance from abortion on demand to almost total ban on abortion and prenatal medical examinations. After finishing my term as, a, as the SIE president, I will dedicate my time to promoting the Istanbul Convention. Anna, can you explain what the Istanbul Convention means? Oh, yes, with pleasure. Uh, the Council of Europe Convention on Preventing and Combating Violence Against Women and Domestic Violence, in other words, the Istanbul Convention is the most comprehensive tool against violence. It is based on four pillars, four peace, prevention, protection, prosecution, and coordinated policies to protect women. Governments are obligated to introduce policies and measures to protect women. During the pandemic, domestic violence and backlash in women's rights increased exponentially. In many countries, patriarchal societies are further limiting women's rights. There were global shock waves when Turkey, the first country to sign this treaty, announced the annulment of the Istanbul Convention. There are so many myths and vile superstitions around this document that it is difficult to differentiate what is fake and what is true. In addition, there are several religious extremist organizations that knowingly lie and threaten societies of dangers of the Istanbul Convention. It is really time to demystify it, educate our own members and the general public, and convince them it is not a political document, but a way to stand up for women. By educating optimists, especially in countries where governments are threatening to withdraw, we can produce stronger and better social media campaigns in local languages. Through educating our members about the convention, uh, they can be more knowledgeable and impactful ambassadors of the convention. I believe such education 
will be more influential than writing statements to government. President Anna, let's have a look at your Soroptimist career. You have become, as I said, one of my successors as president of the Federation of SI Europe only six years later. I must say this was a swift rise, which will not have time to follow step by step now, but in these six years, you were surely president of the Polish Union of Soroptimists, and then you became involved on the European level of Soroptimists International. Now tell us about the great plans you had as president of the Federation. Thank you, Kathy. Actually, I only realized uh, that when you said it, uh, true, that it was a, a quick ride, but I was trying to reach the goal. Actually, my presidency was very challenging. Most of my original plans went past. I had to cancel the Congress, which would um, have been taking place in Poland, in my home town of Krakow. But the pandemics brought also new opportunities, digital meetings and uh, digital clubs, or, uh, in other words, clubs that um, uh, meet only online. So pandemic absolutely boosted some processes and made us uh, not afraid of digital or virtual. So actually, uh, thanks to these um, changes, we will be better prepared to face the future and to modernize our organization and to make it more attractive to the new members. Oh yes, that's, that's great what has come out in the end. But what is a standout moment that you have had during your time as a Soroptimist or as president of the Federation? Tell us what Soroptimists have done that you are particularly proud of. I'm actually proud of Soroptimists in, uh, in general. It's hard to say which exact moment uh, was the most outstanding. The one that stands out in my memory is the beginning of the pandemic. I know everybody are really uh, fed up with listening about it. But it was, a, it was a moment when no one knew what to do, what kind of activities we should undertake. But our clubs immediately took up a challenge and started fighting the pandemic at the forefront of it. I was so proud of us. Uh, this September, we will be awarding best projects. While the ceremony will be virtual, our projects are very real and very tangible. Each one embodies our purpose of advocating globally and acting locally. Their enormous impact is due to our local knowledge of what our communities need and our networks do to make it happen. Our award-winning projects are united in the impact they have had on individuals and communities now in the future, yet each is so very unique. Our clubs and unions continue to change the world for the better through educating, empowering and enabling women and girls. In the face of COVID-19 and the obstacles it brought, European optimists managed to raise a remarkable sum of almost five and a half million euros across 4,000 projects. Despite limited opportunities to fundraise and more challenging circumstances, we have implementing life-changing projects throughout the world. 
That is great, really great. Now, looking to the future, what are some of the aspirations you have for women and girls and gender equality in the future? And why is Sroptimus International and why are our members best placed to do this work? Sroptimists are definitely the best place to do this work because we are the network of professional women. We are close to our communities. So uh, in, from this position, you can see better. Our activities have to be adjusted to the needs of local communities. So every country will be doing uh, things differently. So we will be standing up for women with, using different uh, means in every uh, country. I keep saying, don't take anything for granted. Work tirelessly, educate yourselves and the public. Monitor closely the situation and react immediately when you see or you feel something is going wrong. Today you have rights, tomorrow they are gone. And this is unfortunately the lesson that I just learned. So be alert and don't take anything for, for granted and enjoy working as a optimist. I totally agree. Thank you so much, President Anna, for your insight into your presidency. You had to be very flexible regarding all the challenges due to COVID-19. You never gave up. Your experience of your job as a founder and CEO of the Academy of Trading Competences in Krakow helped you motivate the team around you. You always kept saying, I'm lucky because I was born in the right place and at the right time. I wish you the best of luck during the remaining months of your presidency. I hope that our listeners have followed your exciting story of how to become involved in our great network as of Optimist International, promoting women and girls to become educated, empowered and enabled for the future. Dear listeners, thank you for your interest also in the coming podcast of Optimist International during its 100th year of engagement worldwide. Thank you. You've been listening to SI Voices, a podcast hosted by Optimist International. Follow us on social media for our latest news and updates at Seroptimist Global on Facebook and Instagram and at Seropta Tweet on Twitter. You can also check out our website, seroptimistinternational.org. Please join us next time on SI Voices.